Astor, and this week on Living in the Pages, I speak with Pete Angelico. Her name is pronounced Paula, by the way. We discuss some of her peculiar habits, the inspiration from shoveling horse patties, the purple rose of Cairo, and you'll hear how she sounds when she's excited. Good afternoon, Paula. Hi, Willow. Hi. How are you today? I'm good. I'm great. I finally see a little sunshine, so that always helps. Ah, yes. It makes such a difference for me, too. What part of the world are you in? Right now, I'm in New Jersey. Not too, not too far from New York. I'm about 20 minutes from Manhattan. Okay. Although I haven't seen that in quite some time now. Yeah. So I, this will be airing June 4th, but while we're talking, we're still in the thick of yes. staying at home. So mm. that was one of my first questions. How has this affected you and your family and your work? You know, it's a great question because I really didn't anticipate how much harder this was going to be. Yeah. I'm a homebody. I'm an introvert. I'm thinking... Quarantine is my regular life. Hello. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's actually been hard in the sense that I have trouble focusing. Yes. I'm having a lot more trouble. You're a writer. I'm having a lot more trouble writing. Reading, I start something, I can't get into yeah. it. What do you think it is? Because I've really struggled. I don't know. What do you think it is? How are you dealing with it? I kind of think it's because of all the outside worry, you know, like even though we're okay. Yeah. And I've had to make like a concerted effort not to watch the news every yeah. day and not to get on Twitter because me too. Goodness sake. I mean, that'll just take you down the rabbit hole. And I feel like it's so much worse for you guys there. Apart from the stores being closed, people are out and about. I mean, if there's, really? you know, the other day I, I actually, I'm an animal lover. I own a horse. So I go out if I can a couple times a week to go see my horse for peace of mind, obviously. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is as of the last 10 days, I would say, the traffic has increased tenfold. Wow. When Cuomo finally opened up the state parks or whatever he did, I mean, there were people, I almost had to laugh because it's just human nature to want to move on. Mm-hmm. There are people parked on the side of the road and it's, it's beautiful. It's, you know, the, the flowers in bloom, the yeah. trees are in bloom, and people were just on the grass just enjoying being out. So it's not as dire, I think, yeah. as people make out to be. Of course, if you have somebody that's sick, I mean, God forbid, it's, it's terrible. Well, in preparing for this, I did find so many awesome things out about you. Oh. <laughs> and you mentioned one already about the horses and the barn yes. and that you like to ride yes. in the barn. Tell me all about yes. it. I have a barn too, but there are no... There are no legitimate oh, horses. I envy you. <laughs> I so envy you. Oh, I, that's really my dream. One day. It's my bucket list. Oh. Um, yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a loner. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I read your bio and you mentioned being an introvert. I, I don't mm-hmm. know. I used to believe that you you had to be an introvert to do this kind of work. But I've met some like powerhouse authors, so I'm like, maybe not. I mean, yeah. maybe you can do it all. I can't do that. I need to recharge. I need to not talk to people and think. For so sure. for me, the barn is a big deal, even if I'm just cleaning. That's why I say, like, <laughs> I do some of my best thinking when I'm cleaning poop. I really do. That is not hyperbole. That's hilarious. Give me some poop to scoop and, I'll, and I'm good. <laughs> That's so great. Yeah. So some of your best yeah. ideas have come from the barn. Yeah, because you know, as a writer, I mean, I think that the best ideas strike you at the oddest moments. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with me? For sure. Which makes so, it very hard to plan. <laughs> very hard. I mean, I was I was laughing because I was telling my girlfriend, uh, who is not a writer, you know, 
when I'm in my car, sometimes I could go a couple of miles and not realize how I got to where I am because I'm so heavy into a storyline mm-hmm. in my head. And I said, you know, but I don't really have any place to drive unless I'm going to the barn. I mean, t- you know, or my daily chores. She's like, God, that's got to be expensive. Because I'm like, you just have to drive around the block all the time. I'm like, I know, I've got to find another way to do it. So, yeah. Oh, that's funny. I have some peculiar uh, habits. When did you start writing? Well, I'm no spring chicken. I'm 48. So, I was writing, uh, I, I lived in Los Angeles for many, many years. Okay. And enamored of the movie business and I wanted to be in movies all my life. I mean, movies were my thing. My father used to call me the purple rose of Cairo because I wanted to get inside the movie. <laughs> so when I was in LA for, I went out there for college and I stayed, I almost immediately started writing scripts. I mean, that was almost always my thing. And it was a great way to learn to write because mm-hmm. you have 120 pages. Mm-hmm. You have a very precise three acts, bare minimum, explain everything you need to get on paper in as, as few words as possible. So it was great training. Right. So I, I wrote a couple of pretty good scripts. One of them was called A Harvest, which is I'm actually trying to turn into a novel right now. Oh, cool. And it was done a long time ago. And it was really based on a number of storylines that intersected. And it was about organ harvesting, a thriller, which is not my genre, by the way. I don't know <laughs> if you've it, but like m- mostly mine is like, I would say women's fiction romance, but with almost like a humorous Bent yep. to it. Mm-hmm. And um, it got a lot of attention. It did really well. But, you know, Hollywood is extremely hard to break into. I mean, Blake Crouch, he, you know, he wrote scripts for years and then his big success was, was with novels. Mm-hmm. So I think you're going to see a lot of people that are trained screenwriters converting to fiction and to novels. And how do you find just, it makes you approach when you start a book? Well, it's so funny because most people, and I don't know if you um, deal with this, most people tend to get wordy and will have to pare it down. Most editors will be like, cut this out, you know, kill your babies. Mm-hmm. I'm usually constructing the story. Like I'll almost sometimes write the ending, the last scene, because I'm very visual. I see, I see that's why I mean, that's movies. I'm visual. So I see the book. So I write it like a script and then I fill it in, Hmm. which is honestly why I tend to write in first person a lot. I think the story that needs to be told, I think that the tense is very important for each story. What do you usually go with? Well, because of the way I tell my stories right now, I've gone with first person present tense because the way the story evolved, you want to be in the middle of the minute to minute emotions of that character, the surprise, the sadness as it happens to her. I feel like sometimes I get so um technical about well she can't be having that emotion if i've already explained like it's she's telling the story from a past perspective so you need to almost take out that emotion unless it am i making any sense unless it pertains to the larger arc of the character yes and i like to be more immediate in my storytelling so do you come up short of words usually what i do is i write the scenes and then I'll fill in, you know, the more subtle ideas or thoughts or feelings or, or descriptions. Like I I really need to focus on describing my, my surroundings better, let's say. So when you say you see the scene, do you see Mm -hmm. an entire book from beginning to end usually when you start or no? I I try to hold off writing until I see at least the bigger picture of it. Mm Mm-hmm. Because there's nothing more frustrating than getting stuck. Right. You know this. Yes. There's Ugh. nothing more frustrating. What? As I say this now, as I'm a little bit stuck on this one. That I'm, Are you? 
idea that I'm editing and I just want to make it, I'm, I'm a stickler. I want to make it tight. And, you know, and it's hard because sometimes, I don't know, do you use beta readers? Yes. I'm constantly wavering whether I should or shouldn't because I know that I should just to get another perspective, Mm -hmm. but I'm afraid that if a beta reader sends me into a direction that I don't want to go, I'll end up struggling more. Yeah. How do you handle it? It's tricky to find the right one. And then if you- Right, somebody that you trust. Yeah. And if you have too many, then it can get way bogged down with too many ideas. So I think it's key to find- the right one. Right. Or maybe like exactly. three would be ideal. Yeah. Like I, I was uh, I was uh, kind of going back and forth with um, on Twitter with um, with another author who I adore. And I, you know, she was she was talking about the same the same topic. And and it's inevitably when I've done it in the past, I, I mean, I don't want to sound arrogant, but you know how there's a thir- certain uh, plot points that you might get stuck on? Mm-hmm. And you just can't get past it. And then, you, so you'll hand it to a beta reader and they'll be like, no, that's fine. But this, I don't like. And then you're like, yeah. and I'm always like, no, that I, that's not the problem. <laughs> right. <from> this. <laughs> yes. So I find myself doing that a lot. And it's, uh, I don't know. I need to find one that I really, really, that understands me implicitly. <laughs> right. And that you can trust back. Like, exactly. okay, if she's saying that, then there yeah. must be something to it. Or I have a good friend that'll read it and, she, and she'll be like, no, there's not a problem here. And I'm like, no, 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 there's a problem. You need to look for it harder. <laughs> like, I'm upset when they come back with no notes. I'm like, no, no I, mm-hmm. I need I need direction here. What am I doing? Yes. So it's a constant struggle, you know. For sure. Yeah. Tell us about Carried Away. Is that what's next? So Carried Away, I was supposed to, and I'm a very undisciplined writer, by the way. I am I mean, it's almost a miracle that I've gotten as many books out as I have. Really? Because I'm extremely moody. <gasps> I, I yeah. envy authors that can, you know, put out cohesive series and everything is tight and this, their writing schedule is tight and their release schedule is tight. I'm like, I'm in awe of them. <laughs> I don't know how they do it. So I, tell, I mean, it's amazing to me. What is your typical or does it change every time? It, it's been pretty consistent where I, if I'm in the middle of a story and I have a great character, then of course the next book if I jump right into it, we'll be that character and then it'll come easily. But if I give it some time, I'll inevitably get another idea. So I've got like 10 ideas going right now. <laughs> Me too. I, there you go. You sound like, like my wh- people. <laughs> yep. Let me just interrupt for a second to let you know that Living in the Pages is part of the Frolic Podcast Network, a podcast community of everything romance-related, from book club-style discussion, author interviews, comedy critique, you name it. Find new shows to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcast. And now, let's get back to our interview. So this one book really came to me because... Um, I'm I'm really inspired by people and what motivates them. I think it's just intriguing to me. Mm-hmm. So so my plots usually I'm very character driven. So my plots usually evolve from the motivations of my characters, and I you know I do my best to keep it fresh. But I think I think social media is such a part of our lives that wasn't part of my life growing up mm-hmm. when I was a kid. So it's just so interesting to me how it shapes lives, like. And I know you've seen this a hundred times. Like there was one reporter 
that said something about a celebrity and was really, I mean, they went after her. They went after her. I don't I don't really have an opinion either way of what she said or did. It wasn't completely egregious, if you ask me. But they got her fired. Oh. Yeah. The social media response got her fired. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was just fascinating how your entire life can change because, and she, you know, she's, I don't want to say she's young, but I mean, because, you know, a lot of these people that are in their 20s and 30s grew up with this. But there's just the repercussions, I think, to making maybe even a mistake or a, a small lack of, you know, like you have a moment, a bad moment of judgment right. and they can change your life. So Carrie Anderson in Carried Away really was based on this character. Hmm. Do we let everything slide or do we hold people accountable for every little thing they do? And, you know, what does that mean when it involves somebody you fall in love with? Yeah. It's easy to hold, you know, to say, you know, to sit on your high horse when you're pointing fingers at a, at a stranger. But what about if it's somebody you fall in love with? Then what? And now it's all on record. Yes. Hmm. And it's funny because I always want to just write a story and I never just end up writing a story. There's always <laughs> something. So that's what I'm, I'm grappling with right now. Is their story. Jake Turner, which is the love interest, Mm -hmm. is an ex-NHL legend. He's a hockey player. And he's got his own backstory. They always do. And it's it's not it's it's not it's a I don't want to say a small town because Lake Placid, it's it's the lakes region, it's not really small town, but the locals are are small town, let's just say. Hmm. So it's really about her and going back home and dealing with her family and her family history and this man that comes into her life. Well, it sounds intriguing. I'm intrigued. Thank you. I hope so. <laughs> I'm working really hard to get people intrigued. Uh, I loved hearing yeah. that you're an artist. Yes, I, I paint. Well, my father was an artist. Yes. He was a painter. Yeah, for he was a very successful painter. Um, and I've always, I've always been, you know, creative. And I love to paint. Um, it's really hard when you have somebody in your family that does something that's really, really at a high level already. Mm-hmm. So it's always just been a hobby for me. You know, I've like actually sold a couple of paintings, quite a number of paintings, but it's not, it's not like writing. Is that it's not, pressure? I, mean, I don't think I, if nobody paid me, I would still be writing. If, I mean, I'm lucky that I, you know, started this in a time where Amazon allowed us the ability to self-publish and I didn't have to go through 15 gatekeepers to do that. Right. Right. But it's, it's, yeah, writing's my thing. If he wasn't so successful, do you think you would have pursued art more or is writing really your calling? I think writing is my calling. And this is also an interesting thing for me. The art is very immediate. So I I can't customize it to make it a marketable product. It's very immediate. Like this is what I'm feeling. It comes out on the canvas. I spend hours upon hours on devising because like uh, the mediums I use are all mixed mediums, but I I don't, I don't want to say invented them, but I like mix my own mediums mm-hmm. where the writing, you know, a lot of people like, and I mean, you'll appreciate this because you're not commercial. You write from the heart. I mean, I, I know you and Taryn and you guys really do your own thing. And I, oh, I love that, oh, thank but you. I can, I can customize my work to be more commercial. Yeah. And I kind of, I, I kind of like that for me. Mm-hmm. It just works for me. It's good to have I mean, in your back I pocket. I would love to write material that, that probably wouldn't like I don't want to say wouldn't sell but would would uh, would um only draw in like a certain number of readers you know it's like it's, it would be such a niche market but this I can I can play with it a little bit more the writing mm-hmm. it's just it's really you know it's how hard it is it is trying to balance the commercial to the art 
Yeah. And it's hard because once people expect something particular out of you, they don't necessarily allow you to (laughs) do something different. Absolutely. (laughs) And they want to pigeonhole you. Yes. And so, and and I I don't want to say that I'm a pleaser, but I do, you know, it's, you want to make people happy. I mean, we want people to get our work, right? Yeah, for sure. But you also don't want to sell out your story. It's a struggle. It's a struggle. The market aspect of this business will always be a struggle for me. Like the covers and, mm-hmm. and, and the promotions and that's not my that's not my jam. Me. I just want, I just want to hide in my room and write. See, you are my people. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do a fast five. I'll ask you questions and you answer off the top of your head. Okay, great. What are you wearing? Mm. <laughs> sweats. <laughs> Yay, for sweats. <laughs> what do you do when you're excited? I am not a very emotive person. I wonder. Yay, that's right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> this is why I asked you that question. Yep. Last show you binged. Uh, uh, the the Ferrantes. The, uh, the Elena Ferrante one. The Italian one. Oh, on HBO. Okay. My brilliant friend. Signature drink. This is going to be a little weird. Gin fizz. Mm. Yeah. I, I love gin. What's in a gin fizz? You know... I, Everyone makes it different. In Italy, they, they like I, because whenever I go out in the city or when I'm in Italy, you know, vacationing or, or seeing family, I, they put like um, a little bit of sh- like rock sugar, a little bit of um, some people use club club soda, some people use tonic water, um, uh, the what do you call it the mint, mm. the mint uh, thing. Yeah, yeah, yum. What would be your superpower? Mm. Reading minds. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Random thought on horse movies. On horse movies? Do they make you angry or do you love them? I mm, I would say closer to love. Okay. Yeah. How about you? I do. I love them. Yeah, I do. Yeah, right? Hate is such a strong word. It is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's time for us to sing a song. Oh, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> This is the part of the podcast when we sing a song. Well, you have a good voice. That's the difference. That's why you're doing the podcast and I'm hiding in my room. <laughs> I'm hiding in my room also <laughs> with, with oh, my God. puppy next to me. What kind of puppy do you have? Oh, I do. I have a very high, emotionally high-maintenance, long-haired dachshund. Cream oh, dapple. Cream dapple. Oh, Pretty. He's very high, emotionally high maintenance. <laughs> What's oh, his he, name? His name is Lucky. Cute. He, we were trying to give him a little confidence with that name. Yeah. <laughs> he needs all he can worked. get. I don't know if it worked. What kind of puppy do you have? He is a Havapoo. He's a, a rescue from a Amish puppy mill, of all things. Oh, so. My brother has one. Not a have a poo, a have a shih tzu, oh. have any shih tzu uh-huh. uh, mix. They're adorable. They're fantastic. Yeah. Anything with Havanese in it is fantastic. Oh, yeah. I'm obsessed with them. He's also very emotionally needy, but so oh, yeah. sweet. The boys. I think it's the boys. I had girls for a long time, and they were battle axes. They were tough really? nails. Yeah. See, I've always had boy dogs. Always. How well, weird. let me tell you something. Let me just put it out there. You ever have a girl dog, you're going to have a hard time going back. Really? Yes. And I'm not even a feminist, really. Huh. I know. They're just tough as nails. That's so funny. They are. They're like, and, and I mean, I tell you, when I've, I've had some tough moments in my life. Oh, the affection. Oh, they're so wonderful. 
my my male dog whenever I get upset about or if there's a, he's like uh where's the door <laughs> <laughs> you're on your own here tonight <laughs> Yeah, Winston is like I can't even go to the bathroom without. Oh, he's like so a child. He is. Do you have on, children? I do. I have two, but they're older, and so he's my baby. Oh, that's great. How about you? Do you have kids? No kids. Not married. I um, I had an interesting. I had an interest. I've had an interesting life. I actually was engaged, but he passed away, unfortunately. Oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah. Wow. So the the the. The journey of my life has been, you know, rich with experience. How long ago was that? Uh, you know, it was in 2014. Not so long. Yeah, not so long. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah. It's devastating. Yeah, it is. But I will say this. I mean, people have de- devastating things to happen, happen to them all the time. So it's just how you handle it. It's true. It's yeah. um. I've been thinking about that so much during this quarantine of course. and how like I'm so lucky to be able yes. to stay at home. It's just Absolutely. a luxury. So many people are going through hell right now. A luxury and not losing our, like, you know, losing your, your business and losing your job and yep. losing your livelihood is just right. Oh my God. I, I, I have, I feel for these people. I really do. Me it's awful. too. Me too. Yeah. You might be the only one I'm going to let get out of a song. No. <laughs> I love you. Don't. Let me get out of it. I, I will not stay. I have never. It has to. I just. Take mercy. I never have mercy because it's like, well, this is what I do on my podcast. So I'm sorry. But I just love you and I want you to have a peaceful day. Thank you. <laughs> appreciate it so much you have been great and thanks so much for sharing about your life and thank you willow thank you let us know when carried away is gonna be ready Uh, hopefully soon i'm still working hard on it it's probably not gonna be ready until the last minute as usual okay well you've been lovely have a wonderful rest of the day thank you too willow thank you take care bye 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 so much for listening. Have a great week. See you next time. Living in the Pages is now part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts.